you, Jesus. The scripture teaches us in Psalms 126, it says, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. That is a direct promise. God is doing that, praise God. Began last night in prayer here. God was drawing, bringing certain things into place. Amen. And he continues it here today in the name of Jesus. Would you lift up your hands? Can we just ask the Lord to touch us today? I pray that again, Lord God. I pray that every idol in this place will be shunned in Jesus' name. I come against it. Whatever form it is, Lord God, how subtle it may be, how accepting to the world it may be, I pray, Lord God, help us repent. Help us, Lord God, to shun idols, that you are the only one that is worthy of our praise. You are the only one that is worthy, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I give you the praise and the glory. This is, this is the evidence of the church in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Again, let's lift up our voices again on high in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord God, yes. In the name of Jesus. Madaha, yeah, in the name of Jesus. Yes. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise is be unto You may be seated. Praise God. I just want to remind us that this month closes out the effort for our young people. Praise God. It's called Move the Mission. It used to be called Cheese for Christ. And of course, this is an offering that we take here at this church for that purpose. And so yeah, the first part of September, we'll ask you if you want to give for that cause, you will have opportunity to do that. We'll have other pr promotions for it, but I just wanted to bring that to your attention. Move the mission, praise God. This is what we're all about, and so the Lord can help us to do that. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. Move the mission. I made up some copies here. I've done this for years. I have what I call a just a bare um, uh, um, a template of, of, a, of something that I use um, teach, and I, I've added to it over the years, not in this particular copy, but I just want to pass these out today in case you don't have one. Um, maybe, Tom, could you do this for me? Could you just make sure? I hope I have enough copies. If I don't, maybe some couples can share in Jesus' name what it is. It's a timeline. Um, I have always been prone to visuals, 
and it helps me to kind of cap capture the, the extent of things. And so this is what I've done here. There's nothing real deep on this piece of paper. You can add to this, and like I've told you before, I have added um, uh, in several copies that I have. Um, the problem is some of the additions that I have, uh, it might bring confusion to some of you, and that's why I'm not, I'm not adding those at this particular time in Jesus' name. But what you see is a timeline, and of course this is um, um, uh, talking about the scope of the Bible. When you talk from one cover to the other, this is what you're looking at right here. Amen. Um, the scripture says in the oldest, probably the oldest chronologic um, scripture in the Bible would be the 90th Psalm. Um, actually, the, the oldest one is the first chapter of the book of John. In the beginning was the word. But one of the older scriptures is the 90th Psalm. And, and it makes reference to the fact that from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Now, that covers both ends of the spectrum. That means before this earth was created, before you and I came into play, God was. And, you know, speculation is about the best that we can do you know, what God was doing in, in eons of time before we came into play, you know. Um, you know, again, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and, and try to um, uh, bring forth my theories and things of that nature. That's not what I, what I want to do. But all we know, um, or I should say the, the, the most of what we know is contained in this Bible. That's why the Bible is such an important thing to you and to me. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The Bible in itself is, is, is designed to generate faith in you towards God. And so as we read it and as we adhere to it and, and that type of thing, there's no question about it that we can um, become more and more acquainted with the things of God. There are hidden truths in this Bible, praise God, that God um, actually brings out, you know, as we become more and more obedient to it. And I hope that you will consider those things. But in this timeline here that you've got before you, it's just what I would consider the bare necessities. It just gives you an idea of what we're talking about here. Of course, the Old Testament goes without saying. You know, we, we have that. We have the history to support that. And a lot of people consider that between the book of, um, of Malachi and the book of, of Matthew, that's when the Old Testament actually ended, and that is not true. If you really study scriptures, you're going to find that it's the cross that brought about the beginning of the New Testament. Scripture very plainly teaches us that there had to be a death. There had to be the death of someone before a New Testament could be brought into play. And of course that death was Jesus Christ, God manifest in the flesh. Can you say amen? amen. And so we understand with that death brought greater promises. And that's what we're living in right now. It's called the church age. Uh, this is a dispensation of time. Dispensational teaching has been around for a long time. Dispensational teaching is just that, that God dealt with people in certain factors in dispensations, and those dispensations would always come to a close, and then God would begin a new one, praise God. And I believe that what we're, we're dealing with here, especially in the time period that we are right now, is we're dealing with the end of the church age. That's what we're dealing with, praise God. And at the end of this church age, there is going to be a tribulation time. In fact, in the midst of that tribulation time, there's going to be what Jesus referred to as a great tribulation. In fact, Jesus described it as a tribulation that the world has never, ever seen before. And so I don't know what that you know, uh, contains, but I know it's going to be something. 
praise God. And so that's what you have is a great tribulation, which will, uh, again, bring in, usher in the end of an age. Praise God. Uh, just like Jesus was here for, um, you know, 30-some years at the close of the, of the Old Testament. Praise God. There will be things that will happen at the end of this age also. Um, one of the things that, that helps me with prophecy, and I might talk a bit about that here today, is time periods. When you begin to, to look at the scripture and you begin to see things that are very plain and, 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 um, and right there in black and white. Let, let me give you a for instance of that, okay? Can I do that? Turn with me to the book of Daniel, the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. <clears throat> and the, the book of Daniel is much like the book of the Revelation. What I mean by that is there's a lot of symbolic language in it. And that's what trips a lot of people up. And then you have people that are trying to figure those symbols out that don't even have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And no wonder the world is very confused. Amen. I went to Bible school um, uh, for five years. I was glad to do it. Uh, ABI taught um, uh, good classes. Um, S.G. Norris was one of the leading figures there and, and, and tremendously blessed my heart. It really did. But for years, what that Bible college used was something called Larkin's Charts. You're probably not familiar with that, but that was one of the uh, premier um, prophetic teachings of that day. Well, Clarence Larkin, who was the author of that, did not even believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm not putting anything down. I'm just pointing out, folks. You've got to come to the true thing. Jesus told that woman at the well something extremely profound. And we have to keep this in mind. You know, when she was starting to, to, to debate about where we should worship God, where, where should it be? And that was the debate that the Samaritans had with the true blue Jews. For years, hundreds of years, they let that keep them from, from really finding out the things of God. And Jesus came along and said, that's not where it's at. He said the true worshipers would worship the Father in spirit and in truth. That's what we do, praise God. And of course, that's dealing with our spirit. And our, our spirit was, was jeopardized at the fall. See, that's the communication that Adam lost in the fall, was the communication with his spirit, with God's spirit. And so he had to rely on certain factors. And man, that, that's rough. And for years, it was the same way with me. That's what I, I tried to live for God, you know, in natural senses and doing the best I can. And, and the best that I ever got was extremely frustrated. But I'll never forget the night that God opened up my eyes to the oneness of God. I'll never forget the night that God filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'll never forget the afternoon that I went down in an old-fashioned horse tank and came up in Jesus' name and every one of my sins were gone. See, these are things that live in, in, in my life, praise God. I can go back to those events in my life, praise God, and I can point to those things as major factors happen to my life, praise God. And so that is continuing today. That is continuing today, praise God. And so the reliance upon the baptism of the Holy Ghost and, and being right with God is so very, very important. If, we, if that doesn't take place, praise God, I mean to tell you, it's, it's you know, just a lot of other things just aren't going to line up. And so this simple chart right here is just, 
is for your reference point that this is where we're at. We're on the verge of a tribulation period. There are some that, that believe that the tribulation has already started. I don't know. I, I've been kind of weighing that one out for a long time, but I, I, personally, I just don't see it just yet. I think that there's going to come a time when there's going to be, there's going to be a real, real, real push for peace. And I believe in my personal, this is just my little uh, quest of it, I believe in the first three and a half years of that seven-year tribulation, that's what's going to happen. There's going to be an extreme push, a whole lot, whole lot more than what we're seeing right now. There's going to be pressure put on these political leaders like they have never seen before. Do you want to know why? Because there's going to be the rise of a power. The Antichrist, he's going to rise. He's going to be a man who is going to be incarnated by the devil. And he is going to push that agenda. Now we're seeing some portions of that in today's world. There's no question about it. And sometimes we do get the cart before the horse. But believe me, folks, you know, it's like old Brother Bodish used to tell me years ago when we used to talk about things when I first came in the church. Man, we'd get excited after a service on Sunday night. we think, man, Paul, that, that was really happening. He'd look at us and he'd say, you ain't seen nothing yet. Every time. Every time I'd come to him, man, I'd have some kind of a pinnacle that I thought I was on. He'd look at me and he'd say, Brother Carnahan, you ain't seen nothing yet. And I believe that. I'm beginning to see that. Praise God. Now, I've seen a lot, and so have you. But praise God, there's a lot more coming. And that's why right now we're in the preparation portion of that. I believe that what God is doing is he's preparing the church for a harvest that has been, is, that's going to be unprecedented. And that's why we've got to push. Oh, man, I felt strong praying against that today. Some of you brought them here. Get rid of the idols in your life. Get rid of them. They're not going to do you any good. I was reading the scripture this morning, and, and the psalmist was making reference to the fact that those idols have eyes, but they can't see. They have hands, but they cannot feel. They have legs, but they cannot walk. That's what he was talking about, praise God. And do you understand why God, one of the commandments that God gave to the Israelites was do not make any images. And in today's world, that's what we live for image. And one of the things, there's several of you in here, and I'm going to pray for you in just a minute. I feel the Holy Ghost. You're trying to protect your image. You look like it. You dress like it. And I'm not here to make you feel bad, but I'm saying he who the Son has set free is free indeed. Praise God. You can be free from those images, and you can begin to worship and praise God like you have never praised Him before. And God can open up your life, praise God, and fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and give you, praise God, back that perspective that Adam lost, praise God. Are you wanting something like that? Come on, let's pray again, praise God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, you've already pointed this out to them. I'm not telling them something that they don't know. I believe right now, Lord God, you've given us the ability through your word and your spirit to put the end to that in our life in Jesus' name. I come against it, Lord God. I come against anything that would fashion itself above you. And Lord God, let this place be a haven of that. Let this place just end 
emanate that in the name of Jesus. What a powerful God we serve in the name of Jesus. Set the captive free right now, Lord God. Right now, set that captive free. That's what you came to do. That's why your blood was shed. And that's why we are living in a New Testament where greater promises are instilled in us. Hallelujah. If you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I would certainly recommend that you stand up and begin to speak in tongues. That you begin to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Come on, don't hesitate right now. That's the flow. Jesus said that if you believe on me as the scripture saith, out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. And this he spake of the spirit. Come on, don't put your head down. Raise your head up. Some of you are posturing defeat and you need to get that out of here in the name of Jesus raise that head up now raise both of those hands up now come on let's take authority in the name of Jesus that's what he came to do come on some of you haven't done this for a while and that's tragic in Jesus name come on don't let it go for weeks and months and years come on don't do that Come on, let it flow through you like a river of living water in the name of Jesus. That's right. That's right. Oh, Hatakama. Yes, in the name of Jesus. That's all that has to be in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, let's do one more push now. Come on, lift up those hands and those voices again. I know some of you are getting irritated, but you got to push that aside. That's your flesh, by the way. That's the flesh that gets irritated at this. Come on, the spirit wants to bust loose. The spirit <laughs> wants to be healed. The spirit wants to receive. The spirit wants to have the things of God. I'm telling you, that's the truth. That's it. Hataka, rataka. In the name of Jesus. That's it. In the name of Jesus. 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 Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's it. That's it, folks. Many of you were able to break through. And that is so important. Praise God. That's so important. Praise God. Because the oppression is already here. You can be seated. The oppression is already here. It happens every day. The news cycles and everything. And the world is under a tyranny. It's under an oppression. But those of us that have been born again of the water and of the Spirit, we busted through that. And so this is what we must do on a regular basis. When I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost initially, I spake with other tongues. Why? Because that's the initial evidence that I had received the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Well, why can't that work the 100th and the 150th time that I do it? Or the 1,000th time that I do it? 
Do you think that God's going to have some other method? That after he filled you with the Holy Ghost with a great evidence, do you think he's going to come along and say, well, let's confuse the matter now. And now you know you got the Holy Ghost because you feel good. Come on, folks, I'm not trying to be facetious. I'm just trying to make a huge, strong point. When God usually starts with something, he, don't end with, he, doesn't, he doesn't quit. He keeps on doing that, praise God. And in my case, for the last 40 some odd years, that has worked well for me. Amen. And I'm not worshiping tongues. I'm just depending on that evidence, praise God. And folks, there's a lot of times I speak in tongues when I don't feel like it. I'd hate to give you the percentage. I'd hate to, if I'm going to wait until I feel really good, man, and everything's great in my life to do it, I'm going to tell you something, folks. I really cut myself short. And so are you. Amen. That's why forgiveness is not based upon my feeling good. Forgiveness is based upon a promise that God gave me. If you confess your sins, praise God, I am faithful, and I will cleanse you. Cleanseth is really what the word is, and that means it's ongoing. And so you and I must begin to get back to where we regularly receive the promises of God. Amen. And this is what this spiritual thing is all about in Jesus' name. And if you ever want to make sense, praise God, out of prophecy, you're going to have to go here. Praise God. If you're going to try to figure this out with your own academics and thinking you're smart, and man, I got good grades in school, so this gives me a right to know the Bible, you are absolutely deceiving yourself. Praise God. It is by revelation. God is the one that gives truth. God is the one that brings this truth to us. And I'm not putting down education. I'm just telling you folks that it's by God, not by might, not by power, but by thy spirit, saith the Lord. That's what God prophesied back in the day of Zechariah. He said, I'm going to pour out my spirit in the book of Joel. And I'm going to tell you something in the second chapter of the book of Acts. That's exactly what happened. Praise God. I'm telling you something when those people were faithful to that prayer meeting, meeting up there in that upper room, praise God, they were all filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance, praise God, and that's how it always works, praise God, that's how it will always work, praise God, and so if we're going to try to try to get some kind of, um, uh, you know, semblance to what God is doing, praise God, we need to do that. Now, one of the things that's tricky about, um, about prophecy is time periods. There's lots of prophecy that's written to certain groups, praise God. And the, 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 the prophecy that I'm going to give to you right now was specifically given to the nation of Israel. You must understand. A lot of the prophecies that concern the, um, the next dispensation or the next age, Praise God, which will be the seventh age, which is the age of peace, the thousand-year millennium period. Praise God. A lot of the prophecy that was written about that time was written to the nation of Israel. Amen. Now, it doesn't mean it doesn't apply to us. It just means that it was written to them. Why? Because during the tribulation period, we see that God is going to begin to focus again on the nation of Israel. That's what he's fixing to do. Why do you think it's so hot and heavy over there? Praise God, because that's exactly what's happening right now. Amen. And we've been following that for years. When I first came into the church, they told me Henry Kissinger was the Antichrist. I'm serious. Because he was a Jew. And it made sense. But he isn't. The Antichrist has not been revealed yet. Praise God. 
And I'm going to tell you something, there's certain scripture that has to line up before that can happen. That's why we don't have to get the cart before the horse. We don't have to if we'll just follow scripture. Now let me give you something that's very easy to trace here, and it's found in the book of Daniel. And the scripture says, and again, this was written to the nation of Israel and can be applied to us too. The Bible says in verse 24, I'm in the ninth chapter of Daniel, ninth chapter of Daniel. And the scripture says there, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people. Everybody say, thy people. Who was Daniel? Yes. He says, and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophesy and to anoint the most holy. That's a bucket load of stuff. That's not just one event, folks. There are many, many events that that 24th chapter there is talking about. And so he's talking about 70 weeks determined upon thy, thy people. Now, if you do the interpretation there, you're going to find that he's talking about 70 weeks of years, or 490 years specifically. That's exactly what that's talking about. And you can, you can go into all of your prognosticators and all that kind of business, but your best scholars, even some of us oneness people, praise God, um, confirm the fact that that's exactly what that's talking about. It's talking about a time period of 490 years. Amen. Now, when does this thing begin? Well, let's find out, okay? Because we could go, we could go from that time period and we'd miss it. It didn't begin yet. He just said there's going to be 490 years that I'm going to deal with this, this nation here called Israel. So watch this. It says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince shall be seven weeks, three score and two weeks. That is, that is um, uh, uh, 400 and... Um, um, well... I, I, I wish I had it written down here. But that's really dealing with, that's dealing with all of the weeks but one. Right there. And it says, when does this begin? When the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem. When does anybody know when that happened? Oh, no. No. No, you're way ahead of it. Does anybody know when that began? Listen. Folks, before I go on, I'm going to make a plea that some of you get back into this. This is one of the greatest Bible studies that our United Pentecostal Church International has ever come up with, in my opinion. It really is. It doesn't have all of the answers, but it has a lot of them. If you would study this Bible study, no, not just teach it. Study it. You would learn a lot of things. You would learn a lot about the, uh, the, the, the chronologic uh, uh, things that are going to happen. It's in here. It, is, it was the will of God in 1985. You, the lady who was here last uh, Sunday, what was her name? What was it? Sister. I'll just call her sister. Well, she brought a book to you. Has anybody got that book? Do you remember what the, what, the one author, what the author's name was? Yeah. Read the author. Yes. 
He was the author of a Bible study called Life for Living. It was a Bible study, much like what this one here is. And it was a good Bible study, but it was a little bit incomplete. And then there was another man, I wish I could think of his name, um, when I first came into the church, he developed a Bible study called Search for Truth. Yeah. And it had 10 lessons. And it also was a very good Bible study. I went through it as one of the first organized, consistent Bible studies that I ever went through. And it was one of the best things that I established in my life. Consistency. Go through these scriptures. Well, what happened in 1985, I think it is, or 86, one or the other, the two of them were bought out. And Christian Life College in California bought the rights to both of those Bible studies. And what they did was they combined them. And that's what you have here today in Search for Truth 2. And it is still one of the best Bible studies that we have out there. I'm telling you, some of you are missing a golden opportunity to get to be familiar with some of the things that are happening. Amen. Now, I'm not just quoting this Bible study here. I'm just making a point that that's available to everybody. And in my opinion, if we would ever follow the charge of God and start teaching that Bible study again in this community, we would see revival. Several times in, in the, in the 30-some-odd years that I have been here, God has moved upon me to do just that. Three times that I can remember. And you want to know what Bible study I used? Right there. That one. There was a time when I was teaching eight of them a week. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you, God opened up that kind of a door. Amen. And I believe the Lord wants to open that kind of a door in this church again. But some of you, and, we're, and you're going to have to pray for this on a regular basis, every day, you're losing patience. You are really, really getting caught up with the idol called quick fix. And that is an idol. That's what everybody wants. Everybody wants to come in, and within 10 or 15 minutes, they want to become an expert. And that ain't going to happen in the kingdom of God, folks. That is not. Now, I'm not saying that you've got to labor for years and years and years to understand some things. No. What you must understand is that God is not going to um, uh, throw away the blueprint. Amen. One of the things that you will find in the book of Acts in the second chapter is you will find an outpouring of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. People getting baptized in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? And the scripture plainly tells us in that chapter that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And that's where some people are getting off the wayside. Amen. One of the idols of our day is the news, praise God, where they'll come up with something brand new every day. And most what we need to do is we need to stick steadfast. See, brother, what we were doing in here last night, that's from the ancient of days. That is not a method or a plan. That's God. And that's why we got to continue doing that. But you notice, praise God, that people fluctuate. And I'm not finding fault. I'm just simply pointing out. What you need and what I need is we need consistency from God. Amen. Because God's program and God's plan is going to play out. Now, let's go back to this prophecy here. So, the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem did not happen in the New Testament. 
It happened in the Old Testament. Has anybody ever heard of a guy named Nehemiah? Remember that? Okay, Nehemiah came onto the scene. It was a God sent. Amen. He got permission from the government, but he got, he, the, the inspiration that he received was from God. And what was that inspiration? That inspiration was to go back to Jerusalem and to rebuild the city. And believe me, folks, when people get uh, acquainted with the plan of God, anything can happen. And in the size of 52 days, come on, when they got organized and people got with the program, within 52 days, they raised up the walls to that city. That was a tribute, praise God, to what God can do through us. And I believe that similar things will happen for us if we will just do the same thing. I'm, t- I'm telling you the truth, folks. Amen. And so here you got, you got, you know, 490 years that God is going to deal with this nation of Israel. And then he, then he, then he, he, he takes out three score, he takes out seven weeks and three score and two weeks, which is 69 weeks. Okay? That's 483 years. You can go to history if you want to. And you can take the time that, that, that Nehemiah began, praise God, began to raise up the walls of Jerusalem, and you can trace that, praise God. And you can see how that was an exact time period to when a lot of this stuff was going to happen, praise God. Now, it talks about the fact that, 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 that they're going to finish the transgression, going to make an end of sin, and, and make reconciliation for iniquity, and bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. You know what that's got to do with there? That's got all to do with Jesus Christ. That's what was going to happen. That when in 483 years, praise God, God was going to bring back a remnant into Jerusalem. Why? To begin to prepare for the Messiah. And the Messiah was going to come, praise God. And the Messiah did come. So what I'm trying to help you to understand is that the nation of Israel as a whole were well aware of these things. But listen to me, folks, and I'm not rubbing their nose in it, but they missed it. Why did they miss it? Because they got carnal. Because they begin to put a little bit of supposings in there and saying that this is the way God should come and this is how it should operate. Instead of the way the Bible says that it's going to happen. Amen. And so they missed it. And so do you realize what happened? What happened? They were cut off. They were cut off from what? They were cut off from the Messiah. And that's what this prophecy has to do with. Now, for hundreds of years, this is what, where the nation of Israel is at. And, and in, in, in a lot of ways, that's where they're still at right now. The nation of Israel, praise God. And that's why I'm going to tell you something, folks. We've got to be careful. And Mar, I mean no disrespect. But we have to be careful that, we look, that we're not looking just at Israel. What we're supposed to be doing is we're supposed to be looking at him. He's our leader. He's the one that's doing things. And, what's, and who is he doing it with now? Who is he doing it with? Somebody shouted at me. He's doing it with the church. Amen. What did he tell Peter? 
He said, Peter, he said, flesh and blood hath not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven, and I am going to give you the keys to the kingdom of God. Why? Because I'm going to build a Come on, somebody shout it. You're losing it. Some of you are losing it through denominalism. That's what you're doing. You're thinking the church is every one of those steeples out there. And that is not true. The church is the called out ones who are being born again of the water and of the spirit. That is not Brother Carnahan getting arrogant and thinking I'm better than anybody else. No, the true believers, praise God, in the book of Acts were born again. And that's what God is dealing with. That's why you're in the right place. Now, don't get the big hat size because of that, but you're in the right place. Amen. Why do you think angels came around here and ministered to us? It's because this is the church. Amen. And so much of this is, 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 is the idols are forcing you to come and go and hit and miss. And some of you need to really shore that up. You need to make up your mind that from here until the end of the year, I am not going to miss a service. From here until the end of the year, I'm going to dedicate myself to this Word of God. From here to the end of the year, I'm, never, I'm not going to miss a prayer meeting. I'm going to make it a point to be in the church whenever the doors are open and whenever God wants to do something with us in Jesus' name. And I promise you, I promise you, if you will be true to that, by the end of the year, you will see things that you never thought were possible. Your eyes will be open like you have never seen them before. Now listen, this is not pastor finding fault with you. This is pastor with, with the help of the Lord trying to draw you, draw you in. Because I realize, folks, people, you can't make people do this. It ain't going to work. That's not the way it's ever happened in the history of the church, praise God. There's always been a people that have been hungry and thirsting for the things of God, praise God. And I'm telling you something, I'm going to be amongst those kind of folks in the name of Jesus. And I believe that God is going to do some tremendous things in our midst. Would you lift up your hands right now? Come on, don't get aggravated with me or with God. Come on, why don't you repent? Why don't you ask God to forgive you for your arrogance in Jesus' name? Come on, let's ask God to touch us right now. He can do that in seconds. Come on, when you open the channel up, He can do that in seconds. Come on, come on, let God do that right now. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody needs to open up their mouth. There's a word from the Lord here. Come on, that's what he wants to do. 
Come on, he wants to give us a word. He wants to confirm his word with signs following. And do you realize this is one of those confirmations? Come on, he said one of the gifts of the Spirit is diverse tongues and in the interpretation of those tongues, praise God. Come on, not every time, but many times God wants to interpret. He wants to show us. He wants to help us. Oh, I'm telling you right now, it's in this place right now. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, there's somebody online. You've been dragging your feet about coming back to church, and you need to get your rear in here. You need to get yourself back into a church. You need to get into the lifeblood of God. You need to understand that he's operating through the church. Yes, you can get a lot of stuff online, but I'm telling you right now, the real deal is in here. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, it's not our job to make it easier for you. That's not what God told us to do. He told us to preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Come on, that's what he said. That's Jesus, by the way. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, come on. Some of you are breaking through. I can see it. I can almost see it coming out of you. It's rivers of living water. That's what it is. Come on. This is not fake. This is not sensation. This is the Spirit of the Lord. This is what's happening right now. The Spirit of the Lord is breaking through right now. Come on. We got to let that happen. I don't care how many naysayers come. I don't care how many people say it doesn't happen. I don't care anymore. Come on. I want to see God move. I want to see the Lord really operate in our lives. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, Lord God. Oh, my yellow kohoshata. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's good. You're doing great. Come on, you're doing great. Come on, there's several that are being renewed in the spirit. In the name of Jesus. Yes, that's what it's all about, my friend. That's what it's all about. It's about what Jesus brought into this thing. He came, praise God. The Bible says he came unto his own, and his own received him not. That's what the scripture tells us. But to them us, you and I, to them that embrace him. He's going to make us the sons of God. That's exactly what that means. And that's what's happening right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. <coughs> oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, oh hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, that's it. Come on, that's it. Come on, there is, uh, there's so many layers of veneer that are coming off. This is so good. This is the kingdom of God, by the way. This is how he has it operating. In Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, 
I'm going to have you be seated for just a little bit here again. I want to finish this thought, um, and, and I, I can't get into it entirely. But that, that um, that scripture, and you can read this for yourself, go home and read it. The scripture between the 24th verse of the ninth chapter of Daniel until the end of the, 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 the chapter 27 there is dealing with that time period. Amen. And so what, what the author is saying here, what the Spirit said to Daniel, was he said there's going to be 490 years that I'm going to deal with this nation. He said in order to get all kinds of things accomplished, this is going to take 483 of those years. And then at the end of that 483 year period, something very, very tragic is going to happen, but it did. And that is the nation of Israel is going to reject the Messiah. Because that's what the whole ball of wax is, folks. Amen. It's all about Jesus. He should be the center. Praise God. We sang about that this morning in Jesus' name. Now let me give you a reference to that. Praise God. Turn to the first chapter of the book of John, the Gospel of John. The scripture says, in verse number 6, 1 and 6, John, 1 and 6, it says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And the scripture says, the same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. Now, do you remember what this was? John the Baptist, okay? He begins to preach a message that begins to catch fire. Does anybody remember what that message was? You better believe it. Repent. That's why the message of repentance has not died down. Amen. And all of a sudden, you know, several months into his tenure, all of a sudden, one day, somebody comes. Because what John was doing then was he was baptizing people by full immersion for, the, for, for repentance. That's what was happening. And it was unprecedented because usually this only happened in the tabernacle. It was a purification um, a ceremony is what it was. And John took it to the public. And man, all kinds of people were criticizing, but there were a lot of people that took notice. And it's always been that way with the things of God. There's always going to be people who will come around just to be curious about what's going on. Amen. And it'll publish the thing wide. Amen. But all of a sudden, something different. John looks up, and here's this guy coming to him, and he goes, whoa. 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 Behold. Shut her all down. Nothing else really matters. Behold. The Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. Wow. That was one of John's missions. 
That's what he was to do, was to identify the real deal. And you know yourself that Jesus came to be baptized of John. And I know there's been all kinds of discussions about that, you know, whether Jesus needed to be baptized or not. I don't even want to enter into that. Jesus was baptized, and he gave us the reason. He said, for thus we fulfill all righteousness. What do you, you want me to interpret that for you? You want me to interpret that for you? It's the right thing to do. And baptism is still that way. It's still that way. It's the right thing to do. Whether you understand it all or not, baptism is part of the plan of God. And so here he is in this first chapter here. And the Bible says the same. It says, and he was not the light. Now in verse number 8, it's referring to this. Because people thought he was the Messiah. They thought he was the one. And John, remember that speech that he gave, you know, in, in the same book? I, I get nothing that God didn't give to me. And then we talked about this Thursday night in that marriage class, remember that? What did he say? He must increase and I must decrease. There's one of the principles of Christianity in a nutshell, right there. And that's part of the problem with our culture is that most people that come to God today, and I'm not finding fault, I'm observing, they don't want to decrease. They want to increase right along with God in their life. And they want to be compared to God. And you know what that is, folks? That's idolatry. That's exactly what that is. It's not just a statue that people bow down to. It's not just events that people make more important than church. It's a mindset that I should be equal with God. And because God loves me, he should pamper me, and he should give me everything that I want. And maybe, maybe two out of the five or seven days a week, I might serve him. Listen to me, folks. I'm not that far off. I wish I was. We need to get back to every day, every day with him. And so here you got it. He says, he was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. And then it says, that was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, now it's talking about Jesus, and it says, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not, and he came unto his own. Amen. That's what was happening during that 483 years, particularly the last 30 of those years. He came unto his own, and what happened? His own received him not. And that's why you have the prophecy that was cut off at the 69th week. But you must understand the prophecy, and if you'll read that in the ninth chapter of the book of Daniel, you're going to find that there's one more week of years that God is going to deal with the nation of Israel. That's that right there. That's why we can believe in a seven-year tribulation. Because there's going to be a week of years where God is going to initially revert back to the Jews. You studied the book of the Revelation, and who are some of the king players in the book of the Revelation? 144,000. Not Gentiles. 
Jews. And so this is what's happening, folks. That's why you can look at this time period. When you begin to look at this, you begin to see that God's got a plan. And he's not given up on that plan. Amen. Now, back to you and back to me. The Bible says in verse number 12, this is for us. This is not for the nation of Israel. This is for us. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe in his, on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. That's why this message of, 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 of repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and receiving the Holy Ghost doesn't go out of... It, it's the, it's the, the, the crux of the matter. And this is why we can teach people these things. We can bring them to the realization if they want it that they can begin to see the events that God put into place. But listen to me, folks. If you're not convinced of it, amen. And I'm not here to accuse you. I'm just here to say that it's funny how that you bring in a couple of good speakers, and I'm glad we did. Man, we get everybody to come out of the woodwork. Everybody wants to be a part of that. But then, you know, a week later, man, you go back to the basics of God. You know, let's have prayer meeting. You know, let's be in the house of God. Yeah, you answer that. And I'm not accusing. I'm just pointing out. You see, and a largely that is because we haven't got all of the idols out of our life. Some of you, your job is your idol. Some of you, your home is your idol. Some of you, your kids are your idol. And I'm not saying neglect any of that. I'm just saying my Bible doesn't teach me that. My Bible teaches me to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And I'm not trying to play on scripture. I'm trying to enhance your life. If you think you can save your kids, you're nuts. If you think you can save your job and your home, you're out of your gourd. Now, I'm not saying God's going to pluck these things out of your life, but I'm here to tell you there's an antichrist that's coming, and he's going to put the squeeze on everything that you and I have ever known as Americans. And we got some real limp-wristed politicians out there that are going to give right in to him. And you're going to see laws that are going to be passed in this country that is going to turn your head. And I'm going to tell you something. What that's going to do is help us to start depending on the one who really did save us instead of, you know, pray, you know, the nation, praise God. Listen to me, I'm not trying to be un-American. I'm just trying to tell you, I'm telling you something. Biden didn't shed his blood for my sins. And that's not disrespectful, folks. That's just the way it is. Amen. When I came into this, when I came into this, praise God, Jimmy Carter was the president. Go down the list. None of them people saved me. 
Ronald Reagan, George Bush, some of these guys did a pretty good job. But listen to me, folks, they never died for my sins. That's why my allegiance is to him. And that's what it is. Folks, I'm telling you something. I, 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 got, I just got to knock the plow. That's what I got to do. But tonight, if you'll come back to this service tonight, I tried saving some of my voice. I am going to teach you and preach to you the three essential qualities of the church. I'm going to show you back, right in a nutshell, what we need to be doing and what needs to become a priority in our lives. Now, if you're interested in that, you can come back. Those of you online, if you think you can come out to service tonight, this would be a huge blessing to you. Amen. I'm just telling you, I'm going to get back to these basics because this is what God wants to do. He wants to raise, and he is raising up a church. Amen. That understands, praise God, what these basics are in the name of Jesus. Now, do something for me. It's 1130. I have been preaching now for just about an hour. And my voice is just about done, and I've got to give it some rest. But I need to do something tonight, praise God. And that's what I'm going to do. You study that prophecy in Daniel. Go ahead, take that upon yourself. Go ahead and dissect that, and you will find a timeline there. And you will find a time when, because God predicted that it would, that, that the, the nation of Israel rejected the Messiah. And God turned away from them and turned to the nations of the world, which is us. And that has been going on now for almost, or over almost 2,000 years. And that's fixing to change. That there's coming a time when there's going to be an end of this age. And the thing that's going to usher in the end of this age is a tribulation period where God is going to deal with the nation of Israel again. And I'm going to tell you something. It gets exciting when you begin to see things in Jesus' name. Praise God. Would you stand with me? Would you come down to this altar? And we're going to pray again. I know we've been doing a lot of this. But I, I feel the Spirit of the Lord here. There's a couple of you that you're not letting go. You're not, and I don't know why. And I'm not going to pry it out of your hands. I am not going to do that. And I'm not going to belabor this, but I want to give you one more opportunity, praise God, to give it all to Jesus. Praise God. I mean...